Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. There was a college student in a philosophy class who was taking his very first examination in university. And on the paper, there was a single line which simply said, is this a question? Discuss. And after thinking about that for a short time, he wrote down his answer. If that is a question, then this is an answer. The student received an A on the exam. Apparently, philosophy exams go this way. I actually have a whole bunch of these jokes where there's a simple question and then an even more simple and to-the-point answer. And clearly, these philosophy students were ready to give theirs. The question for us today that Peter poses is, are we ready to give ours? In your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, Peter teaches us this morning, always being prepared to make a defense, to give an answer to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. Peter reveals himself in today's reading not only as a teacher who wants us to be ready for the final exam, but also that he wants us to be good scouts, to be prepared, not only in what we answer, but in how. <laughs> Allergy season is here. But in how we answer that question. So Peter says this. Always be prepared to make a defense for the reason for the hope that is in you. Not for the reason for the stand you have taken on moral issues. Peter could have said that, but he didn't. He focuses instead on the hope. Now, the reason I bring that up is because I have the high privilege of sitting on one of our Synod's 12 floor committees for our upcoming Synod Convention, the Church and Culture Floor Committee. So I have 28 overtures that a whole bunch of us have been asked to review. And I started reading through them. Overture 11-1, 11-2-3-4. I made it to dash 11, and then I just had to take a break. Because pretty much every single one of those overtures was about being prepared to give an answer, a defense, but not for the hope that was in us. They were instead interested in defending the church's moral teachings, our ethical values, the Ten Commandments. And all of you who have been studying law and gospel know that that's important. But Peter says the core essence of what we are going to be asked to give a defense for, to give an answer for to those around us, is not necessarily those questions. People are going to want to know the reason for your hope. Now, if you are indeed filled with hope, people will want to know where it's coming from. And this is the thing that Peter says marks us as Christians out as different from the rest of the world. We are people who live with hope. We have an expectation that better days are yet to come, that our life will not end in death, but will instead end in resurrection and an eternal life with the Christ who has longed to gather us together 
as a mother hen gathers her flock under her wings. The same Jesus who said, last week, I go to prepare a place for you. And if it were not so, would I have told you? We as Christians are not distinguished by our morality. There are very good moral and ethical atheists out there. What we have that they do not have is a vision of the future and our future that gives hope. And are we ready to explain where that hope comes from? Where does it come from? Peter says, in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. And I am putting the emphasis on the words in that sentence very carefully. In your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, not in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Now, what's the difference? There are all sorts of things in the world that you can honor as holy, and that will impact where your hope is found. Peter wants you to be absolutely certain that you are not honoring yourself as holy and that that is not where you put your hope. On Luther's deathbed, on the nightstand beside the place where he was called home by our Lord and fell asleep in Christ were a bunch of hastily scribbled notes that obviously even in his last hours on earth, Luther was doing the thing that he did all the time, which was to write. So much so, actually, that in death, his hand closed back around as if it was holding a pen, yet still. And at the very bottom of all of these notes that he wrote, Luther had one last line. We are beggars. This is true. We are beggars. Not the world, not, oh, those terrible people out there, but you and I have no holiness to offer the world in and of ourselves. And if we go out into the world to proclaim ourselves, that is where we get in trouble. Look at what's happened to the Church of Rome that was so busy proclaiming itself to be holy, only to have the world discover that they too were beggars. It is Jesus, your crucified and risen Lord, your, as we will learn next week, ascended Lord, your sending the Spirit Lord the week after that on Pentecost, and then finally at the end of November, your soon to be returning to establish his kingdom Lord, in whom you find your hope. That's where our hope is. And when the world seems grim, when your life seems to be falling apart, when nothing else makes sense, we know that we have a good shepherd who still, despite everything we're seeing with our eyes and our ears, holds us in the palm of his hands. And when we are asked for the reason for the hope within us, and we have that opportunity to proclaim the one who has given us hope, in whose resurrection we have the evidence that we too shall rise, and that this world, as it is currently, is not the end game. We have to give that answer with gentleness and respect. So that when you are slandered, notice Peter doesn't say if you are slandered, but when. Those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. In other words, that the people who slander you 
and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely in the name of Christ, as Jesus speaks about in the Sermon on the Mount, will have no good reason to be doing it. This has always been the lot of Christians ever since Jesus himself turned to the crowds after he had proclaimed himself to be the good shepherd and was about to be stoned and said to them, I have done many good works from the father. For which of them are you going to stone me? Think back over Jesus's ministry. Think of the words that he shared with the downtrodden, the poor, the sick, the demon possessed. Did he ever mock them? Did he ever crush them underfoot? Did he ever snuff out the dimly burning wick? Never. In each and every case, he cured the sick, fed those who were hungry, cast out demons from those who were possessed, and proclaimed, as Isaiah said he would, good news to the poor. So why crucify him? Why kill him? Because he was also proclaiming a hope that was in him himself. And it didn't matter how much good he did. He was still going to be slandered. And such will be the case with us. That we will do good to those who persecute us. We will serve even our enemies. We will teach English indiscriminately. We will open our doors to those who do not necessarily proclaim the name of Christ. We will show mercy to all that we might direct them to the hope that we have in a crucified and risen God and Lord, even Jesus Christ himself. There will be no, no good reason for the world's anger that we will give to them to point to. The truth is that every day, like that philosophy student at the beginning, we have an exam question in front of us. Every day, the world is examining us. And there are days we are going to fail. We will fail to live up to God's standard and we will get the answer wrong or deliver the right answer, but without that gentleness and respect. But our Lord reaches down to us and pulls us up again and says, let's give this exam another try. Let's answer this question one more time. And so we do. And the reason we do that the reason we answer the question again and again and work on being able to answer it with gentleness and respect is because of the hope we have in us. And that hope is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.